used to do with my papa. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Here's the Deal with Danny Sitters. I'm sitting down here with Danny. Good, Good morning, morning, Danny. Good morning. Glad you can join us. This is going to be an adventure. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, for those uh, who, who may not know who you are, uh, I'm going to give a quick background of, of, of who you are and what you've done to, to sure. be at this point. Sure. Good morning, and I want to echo Jeff's uh, comments about welcoming you to our first Here's the Deal podcast. Uh, I guess before I jump into to myself, I asked Jeff, I said, why, now why are we naming this Here's the Deal podcast? And he said, because you say it all the time. So uh, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good reason. So welcome to Here's the Deal podcast. My name is Danny Sitters. I am the preaching minister here at the Heartland Church of Christ in, Hart, in Heartland, in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, my wife and I have been here for about two and a half years. Uh, we have four children. Two of them are married. One graduated college and the other is finishing up college. So we are empty nesters and, and loving life. And uh, I've always been in ministry from the time I graduated uh, college, youth ministry, then, then preaching. And so... Uh, this is the first podcast that I've done, oh, so this awesome. is new, but th the world that we live in now is different. True. You know, we're online services and learning how to speak into a, a microphone right in front of my face and also learning how to, to look into a camera lens. So yes. anyway, glad that you guys are here and hope this will be something that over that, that starting today and from here forward will be something that you'll get benefit from. And please, again, feel free during the week to ask questions. And uh, we'd, we'd love to have uh, a discussion about possibly answering those. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, it's going to be fun uh, taking this new journey on, that's for sure, Danny. It'll be fun yes. together. Uh, so I wanted to get started with um, just a few icebreaker questions to, uh, to help us kind of get in a, in a good mood here. Um, so when, you said you're in youth ministry. So is pizza still good or is, is pizza <laughs> over with now for you? No, no pizza's <laughs> all right. Uh, we did uh, in youth ministry eat a lot of it, but... So pizza's fine, but lock-ins are anathema to me. I will never participate in another all-nighter. Can't do it. Okay, I, I totally understand that. I get that. Um, had a had a my first lock-in. I had to uh, fix the nursery door from a Romans and Christians game. So I totally understand that not having a lock-in. Um, so what what is your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? Yeah. <clears throat> Two are tied at the top, but um, it would be golf love golf and today it's going to be 65 degrees oh yes and so there's a temptation there but also i love to read reading and golfing if i could read on a golf course instead of have to putt that would be the that'd be the perfect world <laughs> okay you know, all right but but every every golf course has a hole at the end of a, a little cup at the end of the hole and that's so difficult to get in there so if i didn't have to putt and i could just read beautiful i like it well we can uh maybe next time we go out to uh the miniature golf course with the teens. You can come out there with us. We can Absolutely. practice our short game. There How about you go. That? I need it. <laughs> so when you were a child, what was your biggest dream? Oh, heavens. I think the dream that I, of what I wanted to be, yeah. I, I wanted to be a policeman. Nice. I just, you, you would see them racing down the highway with their lights on and going fast and everybody got out of their way and you would see them at uh, parades and, and uh, it was a policeman. I don't know why, but uh, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. That that was probably my dream. Well, that's awesome to hear because I was raised by one, so that's awesome. Oh, cool. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Policeman for 27 years. So if what would you do if you knew you could not fail? 
Oh, heavens, we're going deep here already. With this one, yes. (laughs) (laughs) If I knew I couldn't fail, you know what I would probably do? I would probably either learn how to play the guitar or learn how to dance. My wife's been after me about learning to dance, (laughs) but that just, uh, that's a fear of mine. If I knew I couldn't fail, I would learn to dance and... um, so that my wife would be happy. There you How go. about that for a good answer? I like that. That's great. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we uh, you, you preached on Sunday about the story of Zacchaeus. Yes. And we had, some, we had a couple questions sent in. We'll get to those uh, later on. But just want to remind everybody that you can send questions in from, uh, if you have anything about from Danny's sermon, to uh, hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. And we can get those answered for you guys. Um, so... What, what motivated you to, uh, or, or what led you to preach from the story of Zacchaeus? Right, so in the previous weeks before, I had been, we had been in Genesis, and looking at, with this idea of, if we're going to ever overcome in life, we have to go back to the beginning. So we were in the beginning, and looked at God creating, and why did God create, and we came to the conclusion that God created for no other reason than he loves, he loved, God is love, and that he created us then with unconditional love, and dealt with that concept. Uh, from there, we, then, I, I, you know, I, I can't get out of, of, of certain books, you know, we went through the Gospel of Mark for about a year, yeah. and so I come back, uh, to deal with this idea of God, the, the uh, creation mandate. God said, subdue the earth. And what does that mean? And, and, and how do we practice that? And, and how are we at our best and creative and alive when we are growing and becoming and subduing the earth? And in that particular lesson, and, and, and I, I stole this idea, that, that the human desires that God gave us are to connect, right, to, to love and to be loved and um, to, <laughs> I can't think of the other one, <laughs> to connect and to contribute. Thank you, yes, and to contribute. Where I, I, There's something that God put in us that we have to be growing, becoming, doing, learning, and, and blessing others and giving our lives for others. So we, we want to connect and to contribute. Well, I'm thinking about that. The, 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 how did Jesus implement those ideas and principles? Because I think that Jesus is the perfect embodiment of what God has called us to be and to do. And we watch him and we listen to Jesus and we, we, we look at his examples and we practice it. So... This story of Zacchaeus has always been fascinating to me, um, even as a child. Um, and so I began to look at the story and look at the details. And Jesus called Zacchaeus to both of those, to, to connect and to contribute. Hmm. So, you know, we, we looked at the story. And so if you haven't um, listened to the sermon, I would encourage you to go back and, and watch it. Uh, online, you can look. Th- you can find that at heartlandchurch.us. I say we'll have a link down in the uh, description for the podcast as well okay. to the YouTube so you channel. Click on that link and, and, and listen to it. But the thing that stood out to me, uh, right? So Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. He's a despised man. Um, he, he has sold out his uh, Jewish nation, the people of Israel. 
uh, because he's, he's collecting taxes from the Jewish people to give to the Roman Empire. Right. And quite often they would line their own pockets, you know, take more than what was um, expected. And so he was a despised man in his own community wow. and um, looked down upon, considered to be a traitor, was kicked out of his religion and temple worship and all that goes along with that. But he wants to see Jesus. Apparently he hears that Jesus is coming to town, coming to Jericho, and he wants to see him. So being a, a man of short stature, right, I thought about playing with the little man syndrome and all the <laughs> jokes and things that go with that, but we didn't. You can, you can come up with your own. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> ends up in a tree. And um, so I began to do just a little research on the what is referred to in several translations as a sycamore fig tree. Well, when we were growing up, it's just a sycamore tree, yeah, a sycamore fig tree. The mulberry. Yeah. Come to find out that the fruit of the sycamore fig tree is a little bit different than a fig tree in that the fruit of this tree is inedible, hard, not very good to eat. And if, it, if it's allowed to ripen on its own, then um, it, it, it has wasps, it has insects that... that you know, invade it, uh, what I call the, the demons inside, <laughs> Yeah. you know. Um, and so what they learned to do over the years is uh, to make it edible, they would have to cut it, um, wound it, bruise it on the, on the tree. And when they did that, it would ripen. Uh, you could eat it, and the wasp and the insects decided this is no place for me to live any longer. Oh, wow. So in, in, in thinking through that, as Jesus approaches Jericho, he sees the absolute perfect illustration of a man in a, in a sycamore fig tree in Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, sure enough, fits the description. He's unuseful. He's bitter. He's hard. And he needs to be bruised. And he needs to be broken. And he needs to be cut. And as I say in the sermon there, I think there are two ways that you can do that with human beings. You can condemn and point the finger at them and tell them that they're wrong and blame them and shame them. And why don't you get your act together? But Jesus knows that doesn't really work well. The route that Jesus chose to take was through love, unconditional love, and grace. And so as I say in the sermon, as Jesus walks to Zacchaeus's house I think Jesus bruised him and cut him and wounded him with love and grace all the way uh, to his house oh, what a concept and broke broke him open yeah. right <clears throat> and um, you know that that's that's what that's what Zacchaeus needed and so Zacchaeus then says look hey half my possessions I give to the poor if I've cheated anyone I give it back to them um, uh, four times and so he did, he, he was able through love and grace to break Zacchaeus open to change. And so we talked about when our identity is changed, that's when our behavior tends to, to, to change. As opposed to what most of us try to do is, well, I'm going to change my behavior. I, I'm going to change these habits, hoping that possibly somehow in the future it will change our identity. Jesus understood that. I want to change your identity, and in doing so, it changes your behavior. There you go. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So, but I, 
I was thinking through that when I was uh, listening and watching through the sermon. Wounding and piercing something before, before it comes useful. How I was trying to do a little bit of research and find out if there's any other fruits or, or foods that would do that, and I got into a rabbit hole, and I didn't find hardly anything. <laughs> um, all I could f- keep finding was, uh, is bruised f- fruit good to eat? That's all I kept finding, so, and, and it's perfectly fine, because I'm a brown banana kind of guy, so I love my bananas go. bruised. <laughs> so what is the symbolism of, of uh, the bruising and cutting? What is it that links that story to Jesus' death on the cross? What right. is it right. that, that connects those two? Right. So he was wounded for our transgressions. I believe it's uh, what I, I, Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. It is the very process that Jesus went through when, when he went to the cross to give himself for us, to be bruised, to be wounded, to be uh, beaten, um, to be spat upon. He was willing to do that for us um, so that we could live. So that we could have life, we could have life here. You know, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly, and that we could have eternal life with Him. Uh, there's something about, you know, and I had a mentor tell me this years ago: either we're going to be broken down, or we're going to be broken open, mm. and we want to be broken open to new life. And and I thought about the the passage what is in uh, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 21, where it talks about the the stone that the rejecter that the builders rejected Jesus is speaking here in this context and he's he's speaking about himself and uh, that 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 stone that was rejected became the cornerstone right the 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 first stone you put in place to put the building on top of it right and and Jesus keeps talking and you come down just a little bit further and Jesus says these words he who falls on this stone will be broken but he on whom it falls will be crushed. Oh, wow. One way or another, if we're ever going to experience life, we have to be broken and bruised and cut and humbled so that we, we understand not only who we are, but we understand who God is. But woe to the person that's unwilling to take that on voluntarily because in the end, that person's going to be crushed. crushed. Wow. So one way or the other, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen. But it's, it's, it's for our own good that Jesus calls us to live the life of being bruised and cut and broken so that we can live and so that we can have um, an influence and an impact on other people. There you go. So the, and the whole wasps and everything, getting out of that too. I mean, the demons out, that's a... Yeah. Another great one. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, this, this might be a, an opinionated question, but what is the significance of someone eating with sinners uh, then and now? Right. So in the story, as Jesus, as Jesus stops under the tree, Zacchaeus come down, let's go to lunch. And, G, and, and Zacchaeus comes right down the tree, and they start walking. You know, again, you have to add details. Sure. And, 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 and some pictures in your own mind of what the story looked like. So they're making their way through town, and the people that are lining the streets want to know, well, why is he going with sinners? Why, what, what, what's he doing? That, this man's a sinner. Doesn't he know who he is? Why is he walking with him? Why is, why is he going to, to lunch with him? Right? So it's this, <clears throat> and, and I don't know specifically, but it's this 
I think this mentality comes out of what I would call religion. Right? There's a difference between religion and relationship, and a lot of, a lot of books have been written on this, and, and, and sermons have, have been spoken about it. But in my mind, religion is basically what is the minimum that I have to do in order to keep God off my back? There you go, yeah. Right? How much good do I need to do? Um, how much knowledge do I need to have? How do I appease the gods? Right? Yeah. And I'm speaking in general religious terms now. And, and so part of the mentality of religion is you just keep yourself completely pure and clean from undefiled influences in your life and that includes people so if somebody is known to be a quote sinner as <clears throat> as Zacchaeus was right a chief tax collector and he's rich the text adds that you know yeah. well, he's rich you know meaning he, he got rich off of this right uh, we don't we don't have anything to do with him stay away from me we're only looking for people who um, kind of look like us and sound like us and who believe like us and who worship like us and who have the same, you know, uh, value system, so to speak, that, that we do. So I think that's where that mentality comes from. Well, Jesus shatters that mentality in several gospel stories, yeah. and he's accused of eating with publicans and sinners, right, so, or tax collectors and sinners. And isn't it interesting that <clears throat> it's always used in that order, right. tax collectors and sinners, as though they're worse. They're the top one. You know, yeah, they're <laughs> at the top. They're worse than sinners. So I think that's where it comes from. It's a misunderstanding of how we deal with people. Okay. Makes sense. And that was leading to my uh, next question is, why is it so difficult for us to love unconditionally? Oh. When we know, when we have Jesus uh, that purchased our, our life with his blood, and we know that, um, you know, all those things, why is it so hard for humans to love unconditionally? I don't know. <laughs> That's one of those rhetorical questions like, wow, okay, I don't know. So uh, let me just throw out what comes to mind when, when you ask that question. So the greatest commandment, what, what, what's the greatest commandment Jesus was asked? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, you know, it begins with learning how to love God. Not starting out with, okay, and, and, and keep this in context, but not necessarily starting out with obey God. Get right with God. Yeah. Learning how to love God, right? So love exists within a relationship, and a relationship is, is defined by a give-and-take relationship. So I'm learning how to love God, and as a result then, I learn how to love others as I love myself. But I guess I would have to say that the challenge for me is the idea of learning how to love myself as Jesus loves me. Right, learning how to see myself, as we talked about in the Zacchaeus sermon, mm -hmm. learning how to see myself as Jesus sees me, learning how to see other people as Jesus saw them, right, looking beyond what is in the present moment to, to what can become. So my challenge with lo loving people unconditionally 
is I struggle with loving myself in a healthy, spiritual, Christ-like way, not, not in an egotistical way, right? yeah. a, a, a selfish way, but learning how, again, to love myself or see myself as Jesus. But when that happens, when, when, I, when I practice that, when I learn that, then I can look at other people and see that they are just fellow strugglers along the journey of life that Jesus came to die for, to give them a way to live life. I'm no better than them. I'm no worse than them. I'm one of them, yeah. and I want to be one of us and, and learn how to love. So for me, it's always a, a struggle within my own heart that, that I— that I'm, I'm pretty quick to look at my own deficiencies and my own weaknesses and my own struggles. And I, and, and, and I love this phrase, and I use it quite often. It's a, from a professor, a mentor of mine that always used it. I have to be able to get myself off of my own hands before I can love and care and bless another person. Well, I struggle with my own self, my own life, my own... Deficient. I can't get myself off of my own hands. It's what Dallas Willard called the gospel of sin management. That many believers never get beyond dealing with their own sin. And am I saved or am I not? Am I going to heaven? Will I end up in hell? Can I do this? Can I not do that? And so we end up dealing with the most basic elements of life and never grow beyond it so that we can love and bless and become um, something that you know, a someone who can, who can help and bless other people. Yeah. That whole um, Jesus seeing right through, you mentioned in your sermon, um, seeing through what Zacchaeus has done is passing through that and seeing, let's see if I got it, seeing what is possible instead of what is. Yeah. That really punched me in the gut. Um, as a youth minister, you know, you try to convey that and everything, but those words, I'm, I'm going to steal those just so you know. Uh, so I'm going to use that in <laughs> some youth I'm sure lessons. they're not mine. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, Jesus walks into town, and he he sees Zacchaeus in the tree, and Jesus picks, you know, what, the phrase I used, a cursed man from a cursed town. Jericho was a, a cursed town from the very beginning back in Joshua, right? And uh, so I, the worst of the worst, and that's who Jesus picked. And But, but he saw something in Zacchaeus that, number one, the other, nobody else in town saw. right. They wanted to throw rocks at him. Mm -hmm. And number two, Zacchaeus didn't see in himself. He's hiding up in a tree just to get away from people, maybe not be noticed by Jesus. Who knows what what exactly was going through his mindset. Although I would say this for Zacchaeus, he did make the effort to go see Jesus. He did make the initial effort. There was something about Jesus that caught his attention. Now, what were I talking about? About seeing beyond what is. Yeah. Jesus could see the potential in Zacchaeus and what Zacchaeus could do. Zacchaeus was wealthy. He could do a lot for the kingdom of God. And he ended up doing that by giving half of his possessions away and and blessing people. Because Jesus saw that in him before he ever saw that in him. And Jesus was able to call that out of him um, through love and listening, and grace, and spending time with him. Zacchaeus didn't see it, but Jesus did. 
Jesus sees that in every one of us. So again, back to the beginning, we're all created in the image of God. We all possess that. And as believers, we, 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 um, we live with the Holy Spirit of God. There's incredible potential. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the, 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 the potential and, the, and, 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 and what we've been endowed with is not in question. The question is, do I believe it? And will I act on it? There you go. That's awesome. So you, the, the scene past that, you had an acorn analogy in your sermon, which I loved. Yes, I stole that also. So. Hey, hey, that's okay. Uh, so you had the stem. Um, and so the um, well, you want to go over that real quick uh, just to go, because I have a few questions for each one. So the stem is the past, and then we have the cap, which is our uh, relationships with mentors or, or teachers, anybody like that, and then the seed, which is the potential. Um, so I have a question about each one. So the stem, is, what is, why is it that we always focus on the smallest part? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> right, so an acorn has the three parts, the stem, the cap, and, and the seed. And, and the, um, the stem is what connects us to the path. The stem is what connected the acorn to the tree. It's what brought it to that point. It's all of So when you think about it in, a, um, in personal terms or in human terms, it is all of our experiences, all of our decisions that brought us to the point where we are. It is our past. And often, again, in my life, um, I tend to define who I am based on my past. Yeah. Right? And, and it's the past that controls. But living, again, in, 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 in the past tense and, and, and living in the past um, brings up for a lot of us shame and guilt if I know what my past is I know what I've done I know people I've hurt I know poor decisions that I've made and it has the 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 negative power to stop us from growing to 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 say um, this is who you are your past is who you are but that's not the defining part of us so the stem is everything that has brought us to this point. Now, it can be a value, but sure. it doesn't define the future necessarily. Right? And so the cap is, though it holds on to the seed until the seed is ready to be planted and die in the ground and spring forth. And so you relate that to all of the relationships that we've had in the past, well, our parents, you know, people that brought us to this point, parents and and teachers and coaches and mentors and friends and enemies and I mean you include all of the all of those relationships well they do to a large degree define who we are our environment right so if we were raised with encouragement and love and grace and 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 and, and the blessing uh, from from those that uh, we we uh, were able to hang around uh, we do tend to develop differently than someone who was in an environment of negativity and lack and, 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 and that mentality. Um, but that still isn't the, the defining part of us. It's the seed. The seed is planted in the ground. The seed has to die, right? Again, you know, let's go back to the concept of being bruised and cut, wounded, broken. It's got to die. But when it does, it has the potential to produce a tree that is a million times stronger, bigger, and is able to then produce hundreds or maybe thousands of other trees, yeah. right? Produce other acorns. And that's the point that I made in the sermon that Jesus sees the seed, 
definitely much more than the stem. Where I tend to want to look at the stem or even the cap, say, well, these are the mistakes I've made or, you know, the people I've hung around or this is my group of people and I could never. Anyway, so, yeah, that's the point. Jesus sees the, 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 the seed in us. I want to be able to see not only the seed in my life, but in the life of other people. And that's what I was thinking about, you know, the how do we align ourselves to view ourselves through the lens of Jesus to see our own seed? How do we do that? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is there enough time on this podcast for that? Yeah, well, I think we're running short of time. Uh, <laughs> may have to come back to that. Now, how do we see our own potential? Oh, right. So it's, it's a process that I think we go through of, first of all, there's some hard work that has to be done. And again, it goes back to the idea of being bruised and cut. And I really have to know who I am as a person, right? Was it Plato, Socrates, know thyself? Right. right? But, but, but I mean, you know, I, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. I know that Jesus knows me inside and out. And that can be a scary thing or that can be a, an incredible blessing. Yes. He still loves me. Do I know myself? Do I know what my fears are? Do I know what my weaknesses are? Do I, do I know what I struggle with? Do I know what has led me to this point in my life? Right? Now, and, and, and when I say no, I mean acknowledge it. There you go. We yeah. kind of, we, we know, we've lived it. Right. But do I acknowledge it? Am I willing to deal with it? Am I willing to, and then here's another sermon back to Genesis, Adam and Eve were hiding. Am I willing to come out of hiding so that I, I can, I can begin this process of realizing the potential that I have in, in Jesus? But boy, it takes courage. It, 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 it takes a lot, a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith, belief. So I think that to... to realize our potential in Jesus, right? That's, that's wonderful. We are, yeah, whoo, yes. love that. Yeah, All come on, it. preach on that, brother. <laughs> means that I have to first be bruised and go through difficulty and know who I am and acknowledge it and deal with it. And so I think that's the struggle that we have. And that's why this story is so beautiful that Jesus just cuts right to the chase. He, he did, by the way, now Jesus didn't say, okay, now let's talk about your relationship with your parents, right? right? <laughs> let's go back and <laughs> did, did you have a dog that bit you? You know, he didn't deal with any of that. Yeah. But in his grace and love, he was kind of just uncovering all this junk in Zacchaeus to the point where Zacchaeus was like, okay, okay, I, I got it. I'm I done. Can't. I give it away. Yeah. What, what he found in Jesus was w worth way more than what he was, you know, trying to accumulate here on this earth. So that when, when, when he encountered Jesus, he's like, I give this stuff away. Yeah, I matter. found something much greater. Yeah. But it did mean being bruised and broken and, and, and dealing with himself. So I think that's where we start in, 
learning how to see others' potential and learning to love others and care for them and call out, you know, who they are in Christ. If I don't understand who I am in Christ, I'm never going to call that out in another person and, true. and help them along the way. It's true. Um, so you, you, have a, uh, you had a quote in your sermon uh, Sunday as well. It said, a mind that is stretched by a new experience can never go back to its old dimensions. Uh, when you were mentioning that, the first thing I, th- I, thought, I thought about was, of course, Apostle Paul at Romans 12 saying, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do you think that's what he was, this, this quote here is a little bit of an expansion on that? I, I think there's some, some, some comparisons uh, between those two. Yeah, so that's um, Oliver uh, Wendell Holmes. And, and why that grabbed my attention in, in, in relationship to Zacchaeus, right? Now, again, this isn't scripture, but it, it's a quote that I think has a lot of truth to it. A new experience. Sometimes all we lack is the experience that either comes through a, a moment of serendipity, or just poof, there it is, it happens, and whoa, I've never, I've never thought of it that way, I've never, uh, I've never experienced it that way. Quite often, though, it comes through another person that we get connected to, that we, that we spend time around and we see the way they think and, and the way they respond and the way they act and the way they live their lives and the way they live to, uh, the, the way they respond to challenge and difficulty, right? But this new experience, uh, according to Oliver Wendell Holmes, transforms us so much that we can never go back to our original state. Right? And so we're in, we're in need of these particular experiences in life and again let me just say we we, we often don't want to hear it but often that new experience can come through challenge and problems that that we overcome but we learn something uh, about ourselves so a a new experience he says um, a mind is stretched by a new experience can't go back to its old dimensions so we're learning how to grow and change so yeah Paul says um, that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I, th- I think, again, that, that's a process, this transforming the mind, which, by the way, is, is the word for repentance, metanoia, which is to change your mind. Change it. Wow. So the mind is, is being changed. Right? I think all of this is, is, is part of the, 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 the stories that are within Scripture. That we want to look at um, what these what, what these lessons mean again. So we're back to this the, the title of this podcast. Here's the deal: How do we apply these principles to our lives? Right. And, and so they're relationally. How do we do it spiritually, um, occupationally, in in our hobbies, um, in, in in our in our um, learning, I mean, every area. How do we continue to grow? And I think that's part of this idea of being transformed, transforming the mind uh, to, to be more like Jesus, to, to, to grow and to overcome and to see life differently. I mean, if nothing else, you walk away from reading the Gospels, you realize Jesus saw the world differently. Yes, He didn't see the world like you and I do. Mm-mm. He didn't see the world like most, but he saw, I believe, the reality. Can I begin to remove some of the scales off of my eyes little by little so that I can begin to see the world that Jesus saw. And I think the, 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 the answer from Scripture is yes. Yeah. We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to imitate. We're called to be perfect like God is perfect, right? And again, now that context is in forgiving and loving your enemies. Right. But we can be perfect. So yes, 
I love that because, um, you know, being a, a for, former addict, though thinking just thinking of that concept of going back, I don't I don't want to go back to that. No. Um, so you have the muted colors back then. then now when you when you have Jesus, you have the blues are a little bit different, the greens are a little bit different. You care about spring, which is coming up. You know, I, I always have that analogy. It's like I don't. I, why would I want to go back to that? Because it's it's muted and dull. When, when this full of life here. Great analogy. Thank you. Um, so, we, you know, we have a couple questions sent in from the congregation, but first I actually uh, called somebody in your life to ask a couple questions about you. Oh, my. Um, so I uh, had a couple of, of people that I know uh, call your mother and ask a couple questions. Okay. This is Mary Ann, and I am on the phone with Danny's mom, Dolores Sitters, and just wanted to ask her a couple of questions. How are you today? I am fine. We're good. It's good to hear your voice. Um, Thank you. Okay, so here are just a couple questions about Danny. I wanted to see if you could answer. What was something Danny absolutely refused to do as a kid? Um, one thing that he didn't absolutely refuse, but he didn't like, was sharing a bathroom with three sisters. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> oh. Okay. And then what is something you have seen Danny do his entire life? Play ball of any kind. Baseball, football, basketball. If it was a ball, he was in it. There you go. You was, uh, had to, just to get a couple questions for you and, and to let you know, that's going to be a surprise every time you sit down oh, with me, great. just so you know. What was the old show, This Is Your Life, <laughs> that's uh, right. back in the day? I mean, yep. yeah, most of you probably won't remember that, but <laughs> wow, so you called my mother, huh? Yep. And, uh, Ooh, you got on. me sweating there when you said you were going to ask my mother questions, so <laughs> I think I got off pretty easy there. I think you did. <laughs> I, I can totally understand sharing the bathroom with three sisters. It's I get that one. <laughs> not refusing to do that. I under, understand that. <laughs> Tough. So the email from the congregation, um, Steve wrote in and asked, uh, he said, I love the whole idea about the need for us to be bruised, cut to be fit for consumption, uh, but that Jesus did it through love, seeing what was possible in Zacchaeus, not condemning him due to his past. My question is, how can we practically see and respond to people this way? How does this bruise them and promote change in them in our uh, relationship with them? Right. Great and great question, and thank you for um, sending that in. And I think um, to some degree we've dealt with that right. already, but you know, at the end of the day, or, um, or here's the deal. Before I can see, before I can love others and see in them what is possible, I first have to be able to love myself with the love of Jesus and see what Jesus sees in me. It, first, it starts with me. No, let's back up. It starts with Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yeah. And it goes to me. And I have to, I have to learn how to see and love and develop before I can see that in others. So if I want to, if I want to start today seeing that in others, I guess I'll make the argument. I have to go back and start with myself. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, we've also got one, uh, one more from Clark. Uh, he said, Danny, do you think Jesus knew uh, Zacchaeus because of divine knowledge or because he was generally well known and someone pointed him out? Great lesson. Loved it. <laughs> Good question. Did Jesus know Zacchaeus before he got to Jericho? I mean, has Jesus known Zacchaeus from the time he was born, you know, from divine knowledge? Or had he heard about him? Or, you 
Did he did he see him in the tree and somebody said, oh, by the way, that's Zacchaeus or, you know, I. So here's a quick answer to that question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That opens up um, the, the topic of theology and, yeah. and theological positions. Um, you know, do, so let me just give you this real quick. Okay? Sometimes Jesus knows. So he, he'll tell his disciples beforehand, look, we're going to Jerusalem, and here's what's going to happen to me, and I'm going to suffer and die and be raised three days later, right? He's foretelling the future. He knows these things. At other times, they say, uh, uh, Master or Jesus, tell us, when is the end of times? And Jesus says, I'm, I don't know. Only, only God knows that. I, I don't have that particular knowledge. So, again, uh, the answer right now off the top of my head is I don't know. I just know that Jesus goes into town, stops in a tree, looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. Called him by name and changed his life. So, I love that. Why don't you answer that question? Say, well, I always thought about it as, yes, Jesus did know Zacchaeus. Um, and I, th- I always wanted to think that he, he, was, uh, he was there and he knew. Because, I mean, you know, when I'm, walking down, when I'm walking down the street or walking in somewhere, I'm not looking around everywhere. But something about Zacchaeus being a wee little man from, as the song goes. Uh, I always thought that he did, he did see him. Something caught his eye, like, why is that guy in that tree up there? Yeah. But yeah. then you come with the uh, symbolism of that. And yeah. who's, the, who's the short guy? Well, yeah. everybody would know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, by the time they got to the tree, somebody could say, hey, that's Zacchaeus. Go get him, Jesus. Or, yeah, he's the bad guy. And, or Jesus could have known. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that question back out on everybody else listening. I'd love to hear your answer to that. That'd be a good one, yeah. Send your responses into hcocdigitalmedia@gmail.com. We can uh, have a great discussion about that next week. Uh, speaking of next week, Danny, what, um, can you give us a preview of uh, Peak of the Week for to, uh, tomorrow evening? And uh, have you got any ideas for your sermon this coming Sunday? Yeah, so on Peak of the Week, I want to think about the world that we live in now and how do we continue to connect, to live in community, and to overcome the lies of this world that, that to, to some degree, to maybe to a large degree, keep us separated from each other and living in isolation? So that's what I'm, I'm working with right now. So yes, next Sunday... And I didn't have time to put, put this in, in, in into the sermon, right? I, I think I think Zacchaeus is is our Zacchaeus's um, desire to connect, but then Jesus, right after the Zacchaeus story, looks at the crowd and tells a story about the talents. As a master called together yeah. and, and, and and gave this one ten, and, and and you know, and then left town, right? Now, I think this is our call to contribute. There is an expectation of us here on earth that we develop, grow, and contribute. Not just sit on the couch and eat Lay's potato chips and wait for Jesus to return. I think we have responsibility and opportunity here. And so right on the heels of the Zacchaeus story with unconditional love and forgiveness, here comes this parable about you better take these talents and you better go do something with them. Because the one that doesn't, Read the end of the story. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Mm-mm. So, yes, that's where I, 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 I'm, I'm, Lord willing, that's where we're going Sunday. So read the, read the, the parable that follows um, the, the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Awesome. That'd be great. Um, you know, Dan, this was great. Danny, thanks, for, oh, thanks again thank for joining. You. This was fun. Yes. Um, so we got, um, you know, next week we'll be, uh, next Tuesday, you'll be looking for us again to uh, 
uh, publish it out on all the social media platforms we have. Um, and who knows, we could have uh, you know, old Danny's old coach or somebody <laughs> come on there the next week. You have no idea what's going on around here. You got surprises all over. Oh, Want um, to give a big shout out to the technology team for helping uh, get everything set up. You know, Jerome getting all the mics set up and everything for us. Um, look forward to uh, seeing everybody on uh, Zoom on Wednesday and uh, everybody on worship on Sunday morning. So uh, don't forget to look for your own seed this week. So that'll be a, that'll be a challenge for you. That's right. Look for your own seed. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. One, thank you. And thank you, Jeff, uh, for what you're doing in this particular podcast. And thank you for all um, that are listening and, and giving us time. So God bless you this week.